everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. I hope everybody had a wonderful and happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday. And the good news is, as we go back to work this Monday, well, there are only three weeks until Christmas. And so we've got that short window of really wonderful celebration time here at the end of a pretty difficult year that we hope everybody is finding a reason to be happy and joyous about. Up first today, since the election, we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about the president's tantrum over losing and the Republican Party's enabling of that tantrum. And we've talked a lot about it for good reason. The GOP has been actively trying to disenfranchise millions of mostly black and brown voters while undermining the very core of our democratic institutions. And we will continue to discuss that as these efforts continue to play out. But now it really is time to start looking more purposefully ahead to the next administration and what kind of president Joe Biden will be. He's going to inherit some of the biggest challenges a president has faced in decades. And he follows a president that has worked for a long time to dismantle a lot of the key functions of the federal government. We're starting to get a glimpse of what Biden's approach will look like. He has already released a detailed plan to combat the coronavirus pandemic, and he's now starting to announce picks for his cabinet. Biden has been under a lot of pressure to choose a really diverse team to run his agencies. And just yesterday, he announced an all-women communications team. Here to talk about how all of that is shaping up so far is Eugene Scott. He's a reporter who covers identity politics for The Fix in The Washington Post. And he's the host of The Next Four Years, a podcast that explores the outcome of the 2020 election and what will come next. Eugene Scott, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, catch us up first on uh, President-elect Biden's choices so far for his cabinet. What kind of people is he picking? Well, one thing that's been notable even since my piece posted Saturday was that uh, the vice president and the president have announced um, an all-woman communication staff. And that has been um, one of the first, uh, if not the first, to to happen in history. And it's not a loss on the fact that women were one of the voting blocks that uh, turned out overwhelmingly in support of uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I think uh, the thought behind that was to not just respond uh, favorably to uh, women voters for their uh, loyalty, but also allow uh, women to help shape the narrative of this country and the messaging um, in a way that they have not before. Mm. Um, even earlier, uh, before Sunday, which is when, um, you know, I published my piece, we have seen the Biden uh, team announce uh, Latino Americans and LGBT Americans and Black Americans and Jewish Americans and Americans who immigrated here uh, all to top levels in the White House team and cabinet and cabinet level uh, positions. And this is quite the pivot from what we saw uh, coming out of the Trump campaign um, when they uh, were in this position shortly after winning the 2016 election. Mm. You may remember that in the earliest days 
of uh, the Trump presidency, he was uh, criticized for having the whitest White House staff right. and uh, the whitest cabinet uh, in, in recent history. And so uh, things look pretty different right now. Yeah. Uh- that uh, all-female communications team is is a pretty important milestone. But for people who don't live in Washington, have never covered the White House, and don't really pay all that much attention perhaps to the structure of White House staff, uh, I, I think uh, they may be unfamiliar with the fact that there is more than just the press secretary who we see in the press room and giving briefings and things like that. There is a There's a fairly sizable staff of people who deal with uh, White House communications, and that's the team that uh, the Biden-Harris ticket has put together as an all-female team. And I and, and I think you're right. This idea of having female voices control the narrative of this administration is the is the sort of key ingredient of that. It's the the key substantive matter there. It's not just about uh, having diversity in the office. It's about which voices are elevated in the administration. Absolutely. And as you know, I mean, we are in a a very crazy and chaotic time when it comes to the dissemination of information. There's so much disinformation and misinformation and uh, so many podcasts and radio shows and the Internet and social media and and television and online streaming. I mean, there's a huge team um, that will be working and that currently even works in our current um, administration to get important messaging to the American people about the coronavirus pandemic, about the economic downturn, about response to uh, civic unrest related to uh, violence uh, from police towards people of color. Uh, The the health and the well-being um, of the American people is dependent upon um, a a well-stocked and and mindful and intentional um, communications team uh, from the White House. And and the fact that this will be led uh, by women um, is is certainly worth noting. Mm. Uh, The other key appointment that uh, that I noticed that the Biden-Harris team has announced is the appointment of Janet Yellen to be Treasury Secretary. That is also a first. There has not been a female Secretary of the Treasury in our history. Uh, talk about how important that is uh, and how important that is from a standpoint of key positions in the administration. There are, of course, uh, is high value attached to every presidential um, cabinet appointment. But Secretary of the Treasury is a is a particularly important one and one that uh, that not just economists and Wall Street uh, look at, but but lots of institutions in our society uh, are dependent on the Treasury and its performance. So so talk about Yellen and what she brings to that position. Well, one of the reasons why uh, Yellen's uh, nomination could be so uh, significant, if not historical, is uh, because she really does approach this position with a, a wealth of knowledge and a depth of experience. I mean, especially compared to her predecessor, she has just had so many high-profile roles in in government, in in academia, you know, in the business world, dealing with these topics, uh, that uh, she is going to be expected to hit the ground running. And the reason why that is important is because regardless of whether or not some people realize it, we still very much are in an economic downturn. And there are millions of Americans who are desperately waiting for some relief 
from the government, um, and we'll be looking to top leaders uh, to move that forward, top leaders of the Biden administration. But also beyond uh, just temporary relief, uh, Yellen will play a significant role in helping the country move out of uh, this economic downturn to a much healthier um, place in society. Um, And uh, many people on the left are very fascinated uh, by what type of ideas and approaches she could introduce uh, to move this forward uh, with a speed that we, quite frankly, just haven't seen in the past year. Um, her gender is significant because we know that uh, the there are gaps between men and women um, in general when it comes to the economy and uh, employment and, and wealth. And we've seen that during this current moment in terms of uh, working mothers being uh, harder hit uh, than fathers uh, during this economic downturn in terms of the, the amount of responsibilities that they have had to take on in addition to uh, what they do at home and at work. Uh, some of the pay gaps uh, between what women make and what uh, men make um, and just other challenges that have prevented uh, the recovery from being as even according to gender um, as, you know, pe- many people on the left would like. And so the expectation is that uh, she will be able to uh, move uh, b- women and uh, men closer to parity in ways that we haven't seen before. Hmm. Uh, the experience level of the people that they are appointing is notable as well and is important to point out because of some of the pushback, the inevitable pushback against the fact that they are paying attention to diversity. So often what we hear is, well, you care about that and you don't care about skills or you don't care about experience. Here they they seem to be striking exactly the right tone in saying we care about both and you don't have to compromise one to achieve the other. Absolutely. And, you know, that has always been the messaging, quite frankly, from uh, many on the left who have trumpeted diversity as a trait and as a characteristic. And um, critics on the right seem not to often understand um, that that is the argument that's being made, that that expertise and wisdom and knowledge don't have to be a compromise for experience um, uh, and I'm sorry for diversity um, when when we're talking about putting people in positions of uh, importance. And, and I think one of the easiest examples of, of the right not understanding that argument is the fact that President Trump put Ben Carson over housing. You know, he's mm-hmm. an incredibly um, intelligent individual and has made history and insightful in some uh, ways that we had not previously seen in the medical community. But zero experience in housing, mm-hmm. right? And so that is what ends up looking like um, prioritizing diversity over experience. And the Biden uh, campaign is trying to say that this is not what we're hoping to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Eugene Scott, who covers identity politics for The Fix in The Washington Post. He's also host of The Next Four Years, a podcast that explores the outcome of the 2020 election and what may be coming next. We're talking about the early signs from the Biden-Harris administration of the kinds of people that they are going to turn to uh, to fulfill the jobs in that administration, to take the leadership roles. Uh, What do you think of those choices so far? Far. Who would you like to see perhaps serve as part of this new administration? And are you confident that Joe Biden will surround himself with the right people to deal with the incredible and large number of 
challenges that we have as a country? Or are you skeptical? Are you worried about uh, the kind of people that he will that he will uh, choose for those roles? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Eugene, there's a lot of concern on the political left about – uh, President-elect Biden choosing people like Rahm Emanuel or his former chief of staff, Bruce Reed, uh, into the administration. And we have a Twitter comment that says, uh, diversity of what? Uh, they all seem to promote really heinous policies that fundamentally undermine the working class majority that got Biden elected into the White House. Women, queer folks, and people of color exist outside of that ideological framework as well. In addition to the pushback against the idea of more diversity in the cabinet, uh, this administration will also face the prospect of pushback from within in its own party, from the left of the party saying, yes, these people represent uh, a kind of diversity, but they don't represent the politics and the ideology of where we would like to see the party going. Yeah, that, I mean, that's an interesting comment. The idea that every person that he has named so far in his cabinet and cabinet rank um, positions and his White House staff does not represent um, the the values of working class Americans. Mm. It's, it's just not one um, that, you know, these individuals would, would respect and honor. Mm. They're, they're literally individuals that have been named already that are alums of the Sanders campaign. I mean, or easy example with Simone Sanders mm-hmm. uh, being named uh, the uh, top advisor or spokesperson for Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, there are other individuals lower lower down, um, less prominently, should I say, um, who are alums of the Warren campaign and and uh, the Julian Castro campaign, who came to the Biden campaign mm-hmm. and are likely going to be in the Biden administration, um, promoting the the working class values and ideas that. Uh, they believed made them want to be in politics in general. But the criticism is one that Biden is probably going to hear for a while. There are going to be concerns from uh, progressives and those on the left who are concerned and fearful uh, that there are more, quote, corporate Democrats and establishment uh, liberals in this administration than people who were, uh, you know, encouraged to vote uh, for Biden from more prominent figures on the left, like maybe AOC or uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, would, would have liked. And so it'll be really interesting to see how the Biden team uh, responds to that by incorporating some some more of those individuals and in influential uh, positions in their administration. And there's also, of course, the policy outcomes that those folks We'll be looking at, and and that's a tricky that's a tricky road for this administration to travel. We don't know yet what the composition of the Senate is going to look like. We'll find out about that uh, in ja- in January whether there is a working Democratic majority there. But if there's not, there there will be a limit to how much the administration can achieve in terms of moving to the left because they've got to get, uh, if they want anything done, they've got to get this Republican-controlled Senate to, to, to go along. And the danger, of course, is that that, that angers uh, 
the far left of the party and and disappoints their hopes for having gone to the ballot box and and voted for Joe Biden. You know, one of the real challenges of the Biden administration is the reality that there are multiple voting blocks that are partly responsible for his success. Mm -hmm. And many of these voting blocks are in conflict with one another. Um, He had a significant percentage of members of the far left uh, back him. He also had a sizable, if not influential, percentage of never Trump Republicans back him as well. Certainly, um, establishment Democrats were supporting uh, Biden and the fundamentals to his campaign. But there were also people uh, in big cities who overwhelmingly backed him. But in some of the states that flipped for him, um, like rural, uh, uh, Pennsylvania and Georgia um, and even Arizona, there were, there were quite a few uh, voters from rural America uh, who backed Biden. And so there's so many interests. Uh, groups and demographics that he is going to have to um, show uh, support for um, and his policy making that could be really difficult because um, they are are often in conflict when it comes to what they want. Before I let you go, I want to hear a little more about your new podcast, The Next Four Years. Uh, How are you going to be tackling these questions about what the next four years are going to look like? Well, one of the ways we're doing it is by interviewing some of these individuals that have been named to influential positions um, in uh, the Biden administration. On the latest episode, we feature Neera Tandon, who just this past weekend, uh, Biden announced uh, would be a part of uh, his office of uh, budget management. And so um, this this next the, the episode is currently out right now, the first 100 days. I think it's a very good place to start um, for those less familiar with the podcast to get an understanding of um, what has happened uh, in the 2020 election, where we are presently, and where it is that uh, this team wants America to go. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that as well. But Eugene Scott, uh, reporter for The Fix in the Washington Post, always great to have you here with us. Thanks very much for joining. Thank you for having me. Sure. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by two familiar voices here on Detroit Today. John Truscott and Ron Fournier of the Truscott-Rossman firm are going to join to talk about transition in, in what, the, what the things that uh, we will all look forward to over the next few months as the Biden administration gets ready to take over in charge in Washington. And we want to continue to hear from you. What are you thinking as we see the administration come together? What are you thinking as we see the administration start to fight against the coronavirus pandemic? 313-577-1019, as always, is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.